Hello, 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 and welcome to Canadian Made. I'm Olivia, and each week we're going to go behind the scenes of the Canadian entertainment industry. We're going to get into the weeds of how things get made and the people who make them. Today on the podcast is a super fun show because I am joined by my friend and colleague, Molly Lewis, and we talk really all things entertainment law, you know, talking about when you need an entertainment lawyer, what an entertainment lawyer does, and if you yourself are an aspiring entertainment lawyer, we give some tangible tips and tricks to getting into the industry. So without further ado, um, come join us on this really fun and informative conversation. I'm here today with a very special guest, Molly Lewis, who works with me at um, my law firm. I guess I should say what it is. I don't, I've never revealed where I worked before, even though it's so, like, all lawyers are, like, so Googleable. you know? Very, it's a huge reveal. You, you got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. Give the people what they want. Say the, say the name. So we both work at Goldenberg Damias, and I was actually, I was online at the at the firm because I realized I wanted to like see what was in your bio see what your vibe was on the website and the vibe is you don't have a bio and you're like this ghost in our law firm so I think that we need to talk to Jordan about like getting you a, like a solid bio we've so been trying can- to do a photo shoot for a while it hasn't materialized okay. I been trying to write this bio it's it's hard stuff you know we you know we need to really work on it because you're such a core asset of the firm and like you're you're the person that when people call the firm like you're the first point of contact and if they want to google you see what you look like get catch a vibe they can't that's true and honestly I think that I think the vibe is the most important part because like you know our website it's like affability approachability availability availability (laughs) They have no idea what I look like. How can they know if they don't exactly. know what my face looks like? Exactly. And you're like the friendliest person. And I feel like you've become like friends with so many clients too. Like they call you and they're like, Molly, what's up? And they like <laughs> talk to you and like, they don't even know what you look like. That's true. That's weird. And I know what they look like because I Google them immediately. So you're right. We got to, the power imbalance is not going to work anymore. No, it's not. Okay. So when I think of you, I always think of you like as the office manager but on the website, you're also an executive assistant. So how do you identify? You're like, what, what do you identify as in our office? That's funny. Cause yeah, like when I tell people what I do, <laughs> it's neither of those things. I say, I'm a, <laughs> I say I'm a law clerk slash yeah. office manager slash assistant. What I say is just like, I do everything that lawyers don't need to do at the firm. I think that law clerk is very, I think it's very apt, like for what you do, honestly, like if we were to like actually break down, like if you were to talk to another law clerk, you'd be like, okay, that's my life. But I feel like you're also, I would call you like the firm therapist. And so like, that's where I feel like personally in my heart, you're more like an office manager because you're more, you take on like a bigger role. Like, I just feel like law clerk, it just doesn't encompass what you do for the firm. Like truly. I, I do think like it's it's a combination of like you know I'm like kind of mother hen but mm. also you know I don't know I think I think office manager law clerk combination kind of fits it but as yeah. I said, like it's really just anything that needs to get done it's like well there's five of us so one of us has got to do it and it you no know, literally you, you, <laughs> but you do everything with a smile it's quite it's quite wonderful okay 
Can I ask you, so we've never actually really talked about this, which is weird because I sort of know, but I'm really excited to like actually have you in the hot seat for like 30 minutes so I can ask you a lot of questions. This is favorite activity. Been, this is something <laughs> I've been thinking about for a while. Okay, so how, did you ever envision yourself working in entertainment when you were like younger? Did you ever think about it or yeah? Um, start actually, I did. I was like really into acting as a kid. I no, have, stop. I know. I actually don't think I've ever told you this, but I was really into acting. This um, playwright and director, Judith Thompson, had a kid at my elementary school. So she put on these like Shakespeare, huge Shakespearean plays with elementary school children as the actors and would break down the scripts with us and break down the language. It was like a thespian dream in like, you're like, what, how old are you in grade five? Like 10 years old, it was amazing. And then that kind of introduced me just to acting and obviously I have a flair for the dramatic and for performing. So it was just kind of right up my alley. Um, and then I kind of like lost that a bit as I got older, um, just cause I also, you know, did sports and had other interests and then coming back to like right before I joined the firm, it was like in the middle of COVID and um, our mutual friend, Brittany was leaving uh, for law school. And she was, I had heard a lot about the firm cause it was like a huge part of my I'm life. sure you did. I heard a lot about the characters that we have at our office. And um, she like asked me if I wanted to interview for it. And, um, and I was like, you know what, sure. And uh, I walked in, met, Dan and Jordan and the rest is history. So, but it was, it was definitely funny meeting them after hearing so many things about them and like finally putting a name to a face. Our office is just not one of the offices that you come to and you can like go into your like cubicle and like have your day and then leave. Like it's a very interactive office. It is, yeah, it's, you know, when there's five people in an office space, you just, everyone knows everything. If something's going on with one person, everyone knows about it. <laughs> like personal life, there is nothing that, that does not exist. We know each other's families. Like I, that's like one, probably my favorite thing about the job is that like, yeah, y'all are authentically friends and we all care a lot about each other. And, um, cause it's weird. I think it's weird to go to a job where you spend like eight hours with someone and like not know yeah. like their, if they have siblings or not. Like, I think that's so strange. So I love that about our office. If I'm like a burgeoning filmmaker and maybe it's like my first film, maybe I'm like a new writer and I've got like my first big contract and now people are sort of like saying like, ooh, maybe you should get a lawyer to look at it. When when should people like come to see us? And is there like a threshold for the type of person that could come? So I think that there isn't absolutely a threshold for when you should seek us out and when you should not. If you give us something and we're like, we, it's not worth your money for us to look over this. This is very basic. We will tell you that we're pretty honest about that. Or if it might even just result in like a 20 minute phone call just to discuss it and be like, this is what you're agreeing to. You have to decide whether you want to or not. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's always worth it to ask if you're entering something that could have an impact on your future, you may as well be safe and just have someone who knows what they're looking at, look over it with you. Even, even just talking to someone about a project, or if you just don't are feeling a bit out of your depth, I think 
lawyers obviously do provide legal advice, but they also know the industry very well and can provide just general advice as well, if that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there isn't really a threshold and, and um, it's, I mean, better safe than sorry always. So a hundred percent. I think, I think like the two big things is like, if you're negotiating something, then that's what they're trained to do. They're good negotiators. And I think whenever your intellectual property is like up in the air or like you're potentially giving your intellectual property to somebody else, or if you're a filmmaker and you're producing a film, you also have to be really careful that you're keeping your intellectual property. So I think that that's another big one. So those are like my, I think the two biggest things where, yeah, you should probably call a lawyer in the scope of Toronto. There's obviously a couple of different entertainment law firms. A lot of people do sort of different things. And our firm actually, I think, has like a very, very well-rounded practice. And we do a number of things, not just film and TV. So do you want to talk a little bit about what what we can offer people beyond film and TV? We do. We really do it all. We're, I think, I don't know if you've ever heard Dan say this, but we kind of see ourselves as a full service firm. So if even if we have like an entertainment client that needs, you know, a rental lease negotiated, we'll do that for them. Just I think because we're a smaller firm, that's how we see ourselves. Like an all hands on deck approach. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like we have those relationships with our clients. So we're going to help them as much as we can. Um, but actually, I don't know if you know this, but Jordan actually used to do a lot of um, gaming law. Like he cool. would. Yeah, what? Was, like, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was part of his um, practice before he joined Goldenberg Namias is that he would like game developers and um, licensors. So that, that's, I think, a, a part of the entertainment industry that's definitely coming up and people don't really think of it yeah. as part of the industry. Um, obviously, Daniel does a lot of music, small artists, big artists, all of it. Like even if he's, we've had people who, you know, don't even have songs on Spotify reach out to us. So um, I feel like, especially in Canada, the size of your maybe following doesn't, you know, pr- prevent you from needing, you know, contracts negotiated, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Because I mean, like, it's like you're saying, like so much of what we do is not, we're not just going to come in and help you with your copyright and your like talent agreements and then like leave you, right? We're there to do all of the corporate needs as well, which is like incorporating, um, you know, single purpose prodcos, amalgamating corporations, things like that. And just like, other corporate needs that you might have. And also we've, we have an increasing amount of influencer clients. And I think that that's something people aren't really thinking about right now, but that's an industry that's growing so rapidly that I I actually am really excited about that work because I feel like it's so, (laughs) this is going to sound so cheesy, but like kind of on the cutting edge of like, it is because nobody really knows, like there's not a ton of well, obviously we have some clients now, so we have some precedents, but like, there's really just not a ton of precedents in the industry. And so if you have a firm that has like some really, really solid, reputable clients who are doing, you know, proper influencing work full time, there, there might not be a lot of firms doing that work. And so I think, I mean, we can talk about a little bit about like how to choose an entertainment lawyer, but like you want to know who's on their roster and like what kind of experience they have in certain industries because entertainment is like, as we've discussed, like so multifaceted and it's not just with the traditional thing you think of when you think of TV and film anymore. 
And I think like a lot of the influencers used to just get signed to an agency and then just use that, like their agency's lawyers. But I think just as it's, yeah, as it's growing as an industry and as it's growing with um, every social media platform, it's just, it's, people are realizing it's worth it to have their own representation. Say you've decided you're a filmmaker or whatever, writer or producer, and you've decided that you need an entertainment lawyer. And maybe you've been like, how do you, how do you decide? There's like, let's say there's like 10 really good firms in Toronto. You know that they're really good firms. Like what, what are, what are we going to tell you to like look for when choosing an entertainment law firm? Well, first things first, I think if you're in the industry, you likely have peers that you respect and whose careers you can see yourself mimicking. And I think a lot of the time asking them who they use or who they have good experience with is a really, really good way to go. I know that's how we get a lot of our clients. Um, totally. And I think that that's the best because then you know someone who has dealt with them, they know how they work, they can, you know, attest to the fact that they are very good at their job. So that's one way to do it. I think at least at our firm, we do introductory calls just to kind of get a sense of whether we fit together as, you know, lawyer and client. And it's great because, you know, you get to kind of feel like, you know, the person who you're giving a lot of responsibility to. And I think that's pretty important too. Totally. And you also want to like them, right? Because I think that there are good firms in Toronto, but I think it is like anything you want to, you want to pick the firm that's the right fit for you. And I think that fit is about, you know, personality, but it's also about experience too. I think that if you're someone who's coming with a more unusual problem, or you're from like one of these more like niche industries that some, some firms like really haven't handled certain things, or they have particular expertise. You know, there's a lot of firms that don't have have an expertise in music law. There's a lot of firms that only have expertise in music law and not in TV and film. And so like, we're not, Canada's not quite like the States where you can like literally go to a lawyer who only does film financing. That's all he does. And like, it's not really like that in Canada, you're going to get a bit of a more of a mixed bag with every lawyer. But having said that, there are certainly lawyers in the city who have expertise that's something that you have to consider. And you also have to consider how much you're willing to pay because sometimes you don't have a budget and working with firms that have a bit more of a range of associates can be very advantageous because you're going to maybe be paying a little bit less for someone who's less experienced, but you're going to be able to trust that because they're at a firm that they have really good mentorship, that they have someone who's like watching over their shoulder and they're getting, they're going to give you high quality work, but at a lower cost. And so sometimes, you know, like you just can't afford the lawyer who's got like 40 years of experience because he's just too expensive and you're at early on in your career. And so it's okay. You know, it's good to use young lawyers because you're, you're still going to get good value for them. So it's just something to think about. And reaching out, you know, you can reach out to the lawyer with 40 years experience and ask like, is this, is there any variance? Like, what are your associates like? Like, Developing the relationship with the person that is the, you know, the point person with that firm is okay, even if you can't afford them, like they are going to be happy to help you and work with you with what you can afford. Because we are full service, like we really are, we try to be approachable and work with what our clients can do. Yeah. And sometimes you might come to us and, you know, like, for example, 
uh, we get like immigration questions a lot and our firm like doesn't do immigration. That's just not something that we want to take on, but we will always be able to like help you point you in the right direction with our contacts to say like, these are people who deal with entertainers in immigration. And so even if you're not exactly sure if a firm's going to be the right fit for you or have the right expertise, I think that, I mean, especially we are very good at being really honest about like, this is in our wheelhouse or this is not in our wheelhouse. And if it's not in our wheelhouse, we're going to help you find the person (laughs) who it is in their wheelhouse. So it's like, it's one of those things. It's like you said before, like, it's always just like worth calling. Wow. We really hit on a lot. We talked about choosing an entertainment lawyer. We talked about providing free consultation. We talked about the cost of a lawyer. This is so great. I think that I, I mean, I hope that a lot of people might be aspiring entertainment lawyers also and trying to like get into the business. I know that when I was an aspiring entertainment lawyer, I was searching the podcast app for episodes about like how to be an entertainment lawyer and like a good entertainment lawyer. Like I was so in the weeds. So that is so cute. And so obviously, I mean, like at a, you have to go to law school to be an entertainment lawyer, but as like Molly said, (laughs) step one, go to law school. (laughs) But there's also a lot of ways to get involved in the industry and especially just like on the business side of the industry without going to law school too. So if you're someone who's really, really wanting to get into the entertainment industry and not really sure how, I would personally like really encourage you to think about companies that you feel excited about or, you know, do your research on entertainment companies in Toronto or Vancouver, wherever you are, Montreal, and, you know, read playback. There's, there's such a good resource for like highlighting who the big entertainment companies are and, you know, do some cold calling. If you're in a program, see if they'll take you on as an intern. I think even there's so much to be said about just being in the right place. So like if they have an executive assistant job or reception job, just like go for it, get in the door, see what it's about. Like we've even seen like the executive assistants for the big production companies that we work with we see them move up while we're working yeah. with them. Like they, you know, it, it getting in the door, getting to know people, getting FaceTime is like so invaluable. I think you're right. And I would say also, at least with like entertainment law specifically, I know that our firm looks a lot for like proof of, you know, the fact that you actually care about this industry and that you've been engaged with it. Like for you, it was great because you were an actor, you know, you even went to drama school. You, you clearly were not just like, you know, in second year law school, law school being like, yeah. oh, entertainment could be cool. Like, that's not yeah. really what we're looking for. It's like a clear interest in the the industry because, I mean, a lot of the work, I think this is true with all law. A lot of it is very unglamorous. It's, you know, contract yeah. negotiations. It's drafting documents. Pushing paper. Yeah. Exactly. And so you have to have like a love for what the final product, I think, to to keep you engaged. And so I think that like the best way to show that is just, yeah, you've, you know, this is an interest of yours. A hundred percent. There's not necessarily like a plethora of opportunities in, in um, like Canada generally for entertainment lawyers. So it's not something that you're ever going to like fall into. You have to be really intentional about like getting into it. I think a lot of people like I spoke to almost tried to like scare me off. I now don't get me wrong. I spoke to like a ton of really awesome people, entertainment lawyers in the city who gave me amazing advice that really helped me get into the industry. But there was also this other group of people who were like, it's so hard. It's so competitive. And I, there were times where I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to 
make it. And I articled in litigation, which is so different and not a, not a great stepping stone into entertainment. Like definitely it's better to article in something like corporate. And so there are times where I felt like I'm never going to be able to make the switch, but you can, you totally can, but you have to put in a lot of extra work. You have to be really passionate about wanting to do it. And it's not just going to be gifted to you. Like, and if that's you and you really care so much about the industry, then this industry is for you. And you should be dissuaded by nothing that anybody says um, to get into it. And like, there's, even though there's not like a ton of jobs, there's, there are opportunities to move up and there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I remember listening to a podcast by, with someone um, in the entertainment industry and they were talking about, um, they literally just like took a job at a, like a, a record label and they worked like as a business manager for like six months and then they got promoted to legal counsel. And like, wow. I was like, okay, she did that. And now she's like a super successful, um, entertainment lawyer in the city. And I was like, if she did that, like, then I should just accept like whatever, you know, like I was so desperate to get into the industry that like, I was like, I would have been willing to do something like that. And so I think if you have that hunger, like don't let anyone stop you. Don't get me wrong. Like you have to have, you kind of have to have that like hunger, you know? Absolutely. And I, I also like, even I remember talking to Daniel about this, that even like the courses you take in law school, not a there aren't really any that are directly related to what we do. Like even IP law, we really like it, it does. It's such a small part of what we do. Yeah, exactly. So I think like, as you said, just like getting your foot in the door, like getting the contacts, getting to know the industry um, from the inside, from the business side, that is a lot more important than taking one specific course that will get you an interview because that's just not likely going to happen. A hundred percent. And I think also, um, just like really knowing why, why you want to be an entertainment lawyer, because I think that's ultimately like, what's going to set you apart. Because if you are just like, oh, I'm doing corporate law right now, but like, I just feel like entertainment law is going to be like a more fun version of corporate law. Like you're wrong. It's the exact same thing, but if you're like, I just get so excited about everything, like entertainment, like then it's totally for you. And like, we get so excited about like the projects that we're working on. And like on a Tuesday at 11 AM, we're talking about the projects that we're doing. It's true. It, it keeps it engaging. And that's, you're right. It's, it's yeah. How do you find, what is your drive? Cause it can't be what I'm doing now is boring. This sounds better. It's gotta be hundred percent. this you know, in solitary is very interesting. Okay. So that's like, that's that on entertainment law. If anyone has more specific questions about like how to get into entertainment law or like on the day to day, like hit us up. We'll be back for a part two, like at any time, because like we're here forever, but to close, I have this super fun game. Olivia was talking this up right before and she hasn't told me what it is and I'm incredibly excited, but she has assured me that I will be good at it. And that that's my only, uh, that's my only condition. If I'm good at it, I'll play it. So the game is this, you have to guess the boy and the girl had the top IMDb annual star ranking. What? Okay. It's going to be so fun. You can have like a couple of guesses. Okay. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Can I have a hint? Wait, is this this yes. year? This is, this is this year. So think okay. about like everything that happened in like 2020. Okay. I think Slash, I, I th- also like a little bit, um, 
it might be also like a little bit of a run on of like something that happened in 2019. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it was like the people, the top people of 2020, but like think also about like how it works, right? It's like the people that, that the general public is like searching the most to find out like who they are and what they've done. So like, it's probably not going to be like Jennifer Aniston because like no one needs to like look her up. And okay. I'll also give you a hint that they're both from very prominent TV shows of the last year, TV shows that were really, really big. Okay. My guess for men is Simu Liu. Okay. You can have three guesses. Okay. So that wasn't right. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that's honestly that's like such a good guess no no no. that was like such a good guess and he didn't make the top 10 list but great what? guess. okay so not a great guess molly no no you know what i think it is i think it's he's too new because his movie only like just came out and like looking at the list in front of me like it's people who were like have had some time to like grow their star wait sorry i are they canadian they're canadian right no, neither of them are Canadian. Sorry, oh. I should have said that. Oh, These are just like, okay. this is just a general thing. Oh my God, I totally threw you off. But no, 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 no. all good, all good. I don't. Okay, the boy is like a very big, like he was a breakout star of 2020. And okay. the girl has like a little, she, you knew who she was, but she had a really, really big role this year that I think catapulted her. In a, a television show as well. Both were TV shows, both on different streaming services. Okay. Okay, I'll give you a little hint. The boy is from a huge show from Netflix, and the girl is from a huge show on Disney+. Plus. That was a good clue. That was a good clue. Except what are the biggest shows on Disney+. Plus? Okay, Disney, there was, like, only a couple, like, really huge ones. I know. I'm thinking, like, Mandalorian. Mm Mm-hmm. But remember, it's a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loki. I know there's one I'm missing and it's huge. Okay, let's yeah. go back to the Netflix one. So the boy is part of a Netflix show. Yes. Any- <laughs> it was like the biggest, it was like a show that I know that you watched. I know that you love. It's like I said, it's like it didn't, the show didn't necessarily happen in 2020, but he became like a huge star in 2020. That's a really good clue. <laughs> Okay, so it's like an older show that became popular in 2020. Or it was released at the end of 2019. I don't know if I can do this. Come on, what did you watch at Christmas last year? Give me like a plot point. He's so handsome. So handsome? Oh my god. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Of course. Um, Jean Valjean. <laughs> No, no, not Jean Valjean. What's what's his? <laughs> okay, Valjean uh, is the lead of like this. Like this. No, no, no. That's. Oh my god, I'm crying. That's not, no, that's not a real guess. The guy in Bridgerton. Yes, yes. <laughs> Rene Jean Page. There was a Jean in there. In fairness to you. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at me with no reaction. <laughs> okay. Jean Valjean. Yes. That was it, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Him. I'm so happy we got Okay, there. but like you can totally see that, right? Absolutely. He like yeah. exploded. He hosted SNL. Like 
he was in one TV show and he hosted SNL. He's he had a moment. He literally had this big Bridgerton moment, and like two seconds later, everyone's like, he's gonna be the new Bond. Oh, I didn't hear that. Honestly, it's such a good show. Like he's such like Bond vibes. But do you think he can do action? That's the thing. Well, that's like that's like the thing that I was so surprised with. Like he's such yeah. a like new star. Like we've only seen him do one thing. Like usually the Bond. I don't know. Listen, I'm like actually really think he's a good. Yeah. There's like 10 or so that I, yeah. Like he's exciting. For the last few Bond movies, it was kind of like the whole thing was that he was weary and old and like he was like on his last (laughs) legs. It's like, okay, this is, you know, let's get some energy back into this franchise. And then we get to see more of him and we get to see like, well, who even are you? What can you show us? And maybe he's not an action star in the first one, but like by the 10th movie, like he's there, you know? (laughs) We can can work on him. That's the guy. Okay, back to the woman. Big TV show. Was I right? Huge. Huge. Okay. Yeah. On Disney Plus. Yeah. Was it in the Marvel um, family? Yes. It was. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's the lead of it. Um, you know it. You you know it. You just gotta, you got to dig deep. It's a woman-led Marvel TV show. She's Googling everybody. It's going to be obvious who it is once you figure out what show it is. Oh my gosh. It's, yes. Um, she's an Olsen. Yes, 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 yes. What is her name? Elizabeth Olsen. Yes. WandaVision. Yes. Yes. Only slight Googling there needed. Well, that was pretty, still pretty good. Um, yeah, she totally had a moment. She like, that was like yeah. the first one that Disney Plus put out. And it yeah. was like, everyone was like, this is actually an incredible show. And it's also part of the Marvel universe. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you need huge. to watch it. You need to watch it. Yeah, I actually will because I literally only got Disney Plus last week. So like, I'm just I'm okay, new, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's like a lot of stuff on there that I want to watch. I have to say, like, it's like a plus. It's getting an A plus for me. No, you think it's just gonna be like small Disney movies, and you realize that yeah. the repertoire is huge. And yeah, because they own like ABC, Marvel, like it's crazy. And that's why actually also it was so impressive that WandaVision did so well because like there's obviously a a bit of an oversaturation of television shows with all the streaming services because yeah. just, you can get a lot made. So the fact that it like did so well, I think everyone took everyone off, like caught off guard a bit. Oh. Anyways. So that was my fun game that I feel like was trickier than I anticipated. But I just was, I, I was not ready. I think I need to study a little more than I did. Which I probably should have like actually prepared you, but whatever. It was all fun games. <laughs> just a little Fabulous. bit of Googling. I only Googled for the one. So I think that that's pretty good. No, you actually did a great job. Thank you. Okay. okay. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Thanks for coming on. You were awesome. You're a natural born you podcaster. Doing this. You're the best. You have to come back at some point. Just of course, TBD of like too. when. Of course. The Probably. people will demand it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I hope they do. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe and head over to our Instagram at Canadian Made Podcast to let us know. See you next Wednesday. <laughs>